Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. When your life and your business grow as a result of what you're about to discover, please call me and tell me about it. The number to leave a voicemail is 1-888-844-GROW. That's 1-888-844-4769. Long-distance charges may apply. Dial now to call me, connect, share your personal story of how my interviews have helped, or share your current challenges and frustrations so I can connect you with an appropriate course, coach, or help you if you connect. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we're talking with a nationally recognized leader in the specialized area of internet defamation. After seven years, he's become the behind-the-scenes go-to attorney for the most malicious and challenging internet defamation crisis. We're talking about the technological forefront of removing damaging content from the internet. This includes uncovering the identities of anonymous internet users and removing damaging content, uh, competitor defamation, internet extortion, online investigation, online harassment, online cyberbullying, revenge porn, online privacy, and other types of defamatory cyber attacks. Our guest today is Aaron Mink. Aaron has successfully litigated more than 100 internet defamation lawsuits in 19 states and three countries, securing removal of defamatory content in nearly all of his cases. None of his competitors compare, and nothing else out there compares to his unique proprietary process. He has successfully obtained verdict by jury and judge and has won temporary, preliminary, and permanent injunction and victory on appeal. In the course of his practice, Aaron has removed more than 10,000 websites, search results, and other pieces of false or damaging content from the internet. He represents clients worldwide, ranging from individuals, small to mid-sized businesses, Fortune 500 companies, large nonprofit organizations, government institutions, individuals, high-profile executives, celebrities, and politicians. I've asked him to join us today to help us understand and hopefully protect ourselves from wrongful impacts on our digital tattoos. So, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. I'm super excited about this call. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Yeah. Good morning or good evening. Yeah, good, yeah, good morning. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> good morning. <night. laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this topic. I read a book years ago called The Google Bomb, and it was talking about that. And I, I've been online as an internet marketer at the time of this recording probably something like nine, ten years. And in the early days, you know, it was the Wild West. And so I've kind of saw some of how the, the internet defamatory stuff can really roll out. And I've actually even seen it even in terms of kids. I was a foster parent at one point. And my foster daughter at 13 was bullying people. Like, I had to take her computer away, cyber attacking and bullying people. She didn't understand the consequences of her actions and how that impact. And that there's real people on the other side. And so when you're putting yourself out there to, you know, in this day and age, when you're, you have an offer, you're trying to get in front of people, when you're just trying to promote your business, you can really face massive backlash. You might not even know what people want. You're just testing different.
different messages. You know, it's marketing 101. Test two different messages, and one could get a really nasty response that you didn't anticipate because you didn't realize something about the people you're talking to. And in that case, it could kill a business in some instances. So this is a really important topic. People listening to this probably going to need to take notes and take everything you say to heart because in today's world, it is a digital tattoo. But before you even got into this, like, how did you get going? Did you, did you come from a family with a legal and business background? Is, is like, what pushed you into this direction? Sure. So it's obviously, it's a niche and I've, I've always been an entrepreneur ever since I was a, a little kid. My parents weren't, um, my mom was a teacher, my dad was a lawyer. I'd like to think I get my, my entrepreneurial spirit from my grandfather of all places. He was a, uh, a Holocaust survivor, but notwithstanding kind of like the survivor mentality and being able to go through that, it, it, he, he came over, started a bunch of businesses and was it always had kind of that adapt, survive, move on, thrive, grow, and face so much adversity uh, awesome. that he had to overcome in his life. I like to think that I got, I got his, his spirit. But the way that I got into it, I wound up going to law school and becoming a lawyer. And I came out and I had studied entrepreneurship. And really, my story as an entrepreneur has a lot to do with how I I chose this niche and I got into do, into doing this and it's a it's a funny story ultimately with how it happened. It's gonna sorry, it's gonna take me just a minute to tell it. But what happened was I came out of law school in one of the worst time periods ever to graduate law school historically. It was right in around two, it was right in 2010. The crash, uh, you know, the last great recession hit right around 2008 2009. And it really bottomed out like the year I graduated. My graduating class had like the worst job rate. I had done fantastic, went to a top-tier law school, graduated in the top 15% of my class, just worked my tail off and went from my first year, you know, being interviewed by like 10 different, you know, major big firms and getting multiple job offers to, to then having the rug pulled out from underneath me and having almost nothing and, and not even being able to find a job that I could apply to when I graduated, um, you know, I, I strung it together and you know, it's not, it's not how you plan it. Right. You know, you, you face challenges and you got to deal with it. And I went through the struggle. I went from, but luckily I was able to piece together any form of employment to really learn my trade, learn my craft. I, I, they were, they were terribly paying positions, maybe like 15, $18 an hour. Some of them part-time jobs, contract jobs, but I was able to at least just keep working and have no gaps, thank God. And when I was a year or two out, I encountered my, my next biggest failure yet. I left my steady part-time in-house legal job at, a, at one of the bigger construction companies, one of the three biggest in Cleveland, to leave for a manufacturing company. After 30 days, it didn't work out. And I Uh-oh. felt like I'd hit rock bottom. Yeah. And what happened at that point is, you know, my wife had always, you know, she was fantastic. I don't, I don't think she even worried about it, but she had always just encouraged me to go out on my own. And I had, you know, law school is, is great. It helps open your mind and helps you, you learn and, and be able to practice law. But it also, it really kills your entrepreneurial spirit and your confidence at the same time because 
you realize you don't know anything about being a professional in, in the profession, and it makes you scared and scared mm. to fail. And mm. it takes a while to kind of snap that and get your confidence back and be the well-grounded business person that you were before you went at times. It's, but, uh, you know, notwithstanding, I said, screw it, right? And I got back on my feet. I went down to the courthouse. I started walking around from judge's chamber to judge's chamber and was eventually started shadowing after, you know, the second day, a public defender. And then I was, I was responding to ads on, on Craigslist of all places where it wasn't as skeevy as it was today. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, anywhere, um, trying to just pick up clients, pick up work. I wound up my second week meeting up with some guys, two old guys who were, who were starting their own firm just breaking off. And I wound up joining up with them. At the same time, I wound up going out for an interview with um, a feisty little, and, and he, is a, he is a smaller stature guy. That's why I do use the word little. Uh, but he's, he's a really smart, successful guy, entrepreneur, you know, nearby, uh, manufacturer, inventor. And he had a big problem. And he, he had an issue with a review on this website called ripoffreport.com. Mm. And ripoff report is a bit infamous because once you, anything that gets posted on the website, you can't remove. And they have a policy where you, where because of protections that they're provided under law, it doesn't matter what you write. You could, you could go on and smear someone, call them a pedophile, you know, call them whatever you'd want to call them. And, and the content will never come down ever. And the only, the only solution is to get a court order, and then, and then you can have the search engines like Google, Bing, Yahoo, they will remove the content. So he saw me and interviewed me. I was a young lawyer, and he's a bit of a litigious guy, and he was smacking his lips, uh, thinking about all the great things that he could, in battles, he could have me go out doing. You know, his thing was... Oh, you need experience. Well, I, I got some experience for you. Let's go, you know, he's like... I got this laundry uh, list of people I want to so, sue. <laughs> right, yeah, trust me. He's like, I got some problems that you can solve for me. And these, these guys I just teamed up with, they're like, ah, the, the, the new kid's bringing in a client right off the bat. Awesome, you know, like, they were all for it. And the first issue that this client had me take on was the ripoff report of the plethora and he, you know, they, they warn you about these types of clients in law school, the ones who, um, you know, you're like the fourth or fifth lawyer that they've hired and they have terrible things written about them online. Except, you know, this guy checked all the red flags, but I did it anyway. You're like, it's, it's okay. Hungry and desperate. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, it's good. It's good. Let's do this. I need work. Gosh darn it. I got to feed the fam, you know. And uh, I went for it and I was the first lawyer that, that was successful. In, in getting the content down and having success. And that kind of kick-started, kick-started my, my career in the field. The funny story that happened that won the case was he had, my client had a client who was in, um, in another state who, who defamed him. He had this great business idea, and, and it just it didn't work out, and the guy lost some investment money, and he was pissed off about it. And he'd just written this terrible review. We called the guy in for a deposition. And take in mind, I'm a young lawyer. I don't have that much experience at the time. A deposition is like a really big deal, especially your first one. I'd never, I had never conducted one before. And we're bringing this guy in. 
I've sat in on a couple, but prior to the depot, we're doing some research on this fellow and he's got this email address where, you know, a lot of people use their first last name, first, first initial last name, like J Smith at nine, seven, three, two. Right. It's, right. it's unique because of the numbers right. like at Gmail. And so my client Googles that username, like J Smith, nine, seven, three, two. Cause we're just trying to do some reconnaissance on him beforehand. And, He's like, he calls me, it's the night before, and he's like, dude, dude, check this out. Go check out his search results. We're like, okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I Google it. He's like, look, look, look. He's like, do you see it? And I'm like, no. He's like, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. And so the first few results were just kind of normal stuff, and then the next one was like some dating profile. And then the next, the next thing was like some – X-rated dating profile. I'll put it that way. It was like swingers and things. <laughs> like an adult right? like, kind of thing. Like he's looking, yeah. Yeah, and, and there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were multiple of them. Like not just one. So I click on one of them and the guy is standing there and I shit you not. He's got his dick in his hand in front of the computer screen. Like, you know, like this is before dick pics were like a, like a big thing. Like now all the kids are doing it these days. Right. So he's gonna... just got his junk out in his hand for all the world to see. And I'm like, oh, my God. And my client's like, dude, we got to use this, <laughs> yeah. right? And so and I'm like, oh, my God. No, like, what? Like, I can't do that. Like, this is my first depot. I don't want to get this far, dude. What are you, what, like, you know, like, what are you doing? He's like, no, no, no. Like, he's like the Obi-Wan of, of litigation. He's like this litigation mastermind, my client. So he's like, no, trust me, trust me. And I'm like, oh. so what he does and I still remember, he's got this, like, industrial-sized printer, right? And he freaking prints out, like, a 4 by 4 like, 4 by 5 printout of, like, six or seven of these dick pic shots. And he brings them to the deposition, and we're sitting there in, the, in front of the court reporter. And when it starts, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's going to kill me. Like, this is over. Like, what am I, what am I doing? And... You know, we start out and we're talking about it. You know, I'm like, we're, you know, internet usage. Can you tell me about it? And then I, and then I'm like, you know, this case is about what you do online. And, you know, and then I, I casually kind of say, you know, I'm now marking plaintiff's exhibit or defense exhibit one or whatever. And I start unfolding this, right? Because we had to fold it so we wouldn't see it. And I push this over to him and I'm like, is this you? or whatever. And we were expecting, you know, I, I don't know what I was, what do you think happened? I let, think, me, let me pose that. What I, do you think happened? You know, it really depends. I, God, I might end up confessing some terrible stuff. I think it depends on the person. <laughs> some people won't negotiate sure. with terrorists and some people will crumble yeah. like a leaf. So I'm assuming it was one of those two extremes. Right. So I was thinking, my assumption was he was going to explode. Right. Like I was going to get attacked or something. My boss had the complete opposite. Like he was just going to be like, yeah. So like, yep, that's me. That's exactly what he did. He was just like, yep. And I'm like, uh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> like his lawyer sitting there like dumbfounded, doesn't know what to do. Like he's just total nonchalant about it. Not embarrassed. Like whatever. I'm like, okay, I like whip out the next one. And then like by the time I got to the third, his lawyer finally woke up and was like, ah, and 
Needless to say, that case settled right at the end of the depot. We got our court order, and the rest is history. Um, but afterwards, afterwards, I was like, that case was a lot of fun. Like, I like that a lot. And I went to um, the website, Ripoff Report, and uh, I said, there's like... <laughs> right, right. And I said, oh, my God, there's like a million, hundred million, you know, there's millions of people on this site and lawyers who who get corridors, not any type of corridor, but specific ties, specific language. They're the only people that can help people on this site. And people who are on here, I mean, it, they, they have a real need. They really need help. And I'm the only I'm one of the only ones who can help them. Like no one knew about this solution hardly at all. Right. And I'm like, I want to do this. I want to get more of these cases. So I started writing about it. I started speaking about it. And it was always just a no-brainer. And, you know, the phone the phone started ringing right away, and it's never stopped. That's, so, yeah. And it's probably one of the best, like, creation – Not it's not a myth, but, like, origin stories, I think, that I've heard. It's just – it's good. That's good. That's good. I, 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 yeah. pretty, I muted myself a couple of times. I was laughing really hard. That's – um <laughs> got it got okay, it good yeah <laughs> excellent so yeah, now has this all been sunshine and rainbows have there been challenges that you've faced in in this field and helping people that have been wrongfully listed on something like ripoff report or snopes or something like that oh god i mean are you talking more as a business owner or challenges related to like the service that well, we provide both, our both i mean they're both interrelated right because the service itself is the product and so if there's issues with that that could cause a major choking point for you and your business being not being able to provide it or I know as a lawyer your track record is some I mean in any field right your record is something that you you protect you know it's like your reputation as best as you can and yeah so yeah. so but what were some of the biggest challenges for you in making the and building this firm and and you know and growing sure I mean I think I experienced so you know my launching my career was such a challenge out the gate. It took years that that was a major challenge that I think I was really fortuitous in that I wound up having a really good run where I, I didn't have anything much else but, but just growth, really, after that. For a very, very long stretch, I hardly faced any challenges as all, at all as far as the business service aspect of it. I've, I built a lot of relationships really well with with a lot of partners and, and other people. I think that it's been a challenge growing and starting my own business. Before I was more of a, a solo entrepreneur, a contractor, I would work with mm. firms self-employed and they would provide me resources. I would do my thing and they'd let me do my thing. And that's how we were both wildly successful from it. In the last year and a half, I decided to break it off. I'd gotten too big. And, you know, certainly since starting my own business, it's been a much more challenging endeavor. And it's going to take some time to build up, but it's been great. And I've, I've loved every piece of it. And, you know, I, the challenge, the failure, I feel like being a business owner and running a business, it's all just one big failure after another that you're constantly learning from. And, and you know, it's, it's one massive, massive, big continuing failure that you just have to put the shine on and, and look at the bright side and, and, and you got to ride the ups more than you ride the downs. And, and you just realize that 
that's just that's business you know at the end of the day it, it doesn't flow in a straight line up mm-hmm. and uh or or angle or whatever and you gotta you gotta keep it, nothing's ever that bad and nothing's ever that good and you can you can look at it at glass half full glass half empty and focus on your successes and where you're winning or you can focus on the, your stresses and your anxiety and you know, that, that can take you to a deep and dark place if you do that too often. Mm-hmm. But you got to just, just keep, the, keep the course. Yeah. Know? I think that's so. a great way to say it. I mean, I, I don't know who said this, but it's a quote that I love. It's like, life is running from problem, or business is running from problem to problem without losing hope and enthousi- enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's like that's yeah. it. Like, because once a problem's solved, especially as the business owner, you know, like employees clock out and they go home. But as the owner, you, that's not that simple, right? Like employees can, can check out mentally and they can justify it as, well, I'm off the clock, you know, and then they mentally get that break. But when you're the owner, you're 24 hours a day. That thing is like, that's your baby. That's your livelihood. That's your future. And if you're growing, you're constantly trying to push through to new levels and develop. And that's like a difficult yeah. thing. Most people don't. Most people are born, they go to school, they finish their education, and then they just kind of like, at least I'd say in maybe past generations, a lot of people would just get a job and they'd be like, I'm going to be here for 50 years and retire. And they just kind of sit there and kind of, you know, like they would obviously grow just through effort and hours invested, but not like in the same way as a business owner where you're proactively pushing into new avenues and new challenges. and new. So I think there's a lot to be gained from that. I, I honestly think that everybody... It would be a better world if everybody had their own business, even if it was just side business, simply just for like the skills you have to develop. Like not only just in simple example is personal finance. A lot of people have trouble managing their own checkbook. But if you have a business, you have to manage mm-hmm. the business's checkbook. You have to pay your staff and employees. Staff and employees often hit you up for an advance on something and you got to be you know prepared for that. And then you have to manage your own. And so just through that stretch, you know, all of a sudden of your mental faculties, you've become you know, more adept and more skilled with something more complicated. Managing your personal finances, you still might have troubles, but it's way simpler than it would have been without that, you know, like you just see it clearer. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's very legitimate. I think it's fine. And I don't think there's any, if there's any business owner out there that thinks that they got everything solved, they're, they're not, they're in trouble. Like they need to open their eyes. Like, yeah, yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah. nothing is ever solved. It's just, what what you're focusing on at the moment, what the fire is at the moment. Yeah. And if it is solved, enjoy it for the 30 minutes that you have it, you know, because tomorrow is a new day, right? Exactly. So, uh, you know, things are bigger than you. Things will fluctuate, change. Nothing is stagnant at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. And if you're not continuing yeah. to grow and thrive, you're, yeah. you're going to get, you're going to die. You're yeah. going to just yeah. it. <laughs> Life is so risky, nobody yeah. makes it out alive, you know, so... Now, yeah. when talking about internet defamation, internet slander, and what is it, libel? Libel is oral, slander is written? Is, is that, or is it the other way? I don't That's, know. Okay. so uh, Slander is oral, libel is written. Got it. There, okay. So I don't know if that's what you said or not. No, yeah. I think I said it. I think but, I had it backwards, so it's, it's fine. But in this new technological yeah. world, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see your clients and entrepreneurs making, like in far, as far as dealing with these kinds of things? Sure. I think some of the biggest mistakes are that people people won't uh, don't know how to deal with things when they or they they're, they're too afraid they don't know or they don't realize the harmful effect that it's having on their on their business or their reputation. Even if you're not a business owner who relies heavily on online presence and online you know advertising or marketing which you could care less about the internet. The internet is not some like vague 
concept anymore and hasn't been for, for some time, you know, you have a personal brand. You have, you, your search results, what happens online matters now in the real world, and it, and it matters a lot. I mean, it can, it can destroy a person. It can destroy mm-hmm. a business for night. Mm-hmm. So even if you can't feel it directly, even if you can't place it, when something happens, when there's negative information out there, it is detracting from, from your overall brand. It is taking away opportunities for you, either in your personal or professional life. And some people, I don't, it's a great minority, but I don't, I don't think that some people are proactive enough about kind of accepting new reality, accepting that you, you know, you can't do that. You can't ignore these problems. And if you ignore them, they only get worse. And they only, you know, you got a thorn in your side. If you never take it out, it's just going to, you know, it's just, it may be a mosquito bite, but you're going to itch for the next 10 years. So you might as well take care of it. The other thing that I think that people are slow to realize in a lot of respects, and it's a, it's a privacy thing, I get it, but you can't disappear from the internet either. It's mm-hmm. out of your control. There's always, if you, if you are alive, public records, everything is increasingly going online more and more. I mean, you just can't hide from it. You can't just disappear, have your name not appear in some respect when your search, have, have your name, phone number, or address not come up in some way from some public record at some point, even a, you know, a spammy directory link or something, it's impossible. And I think what it's hard for some people to do is accept that you need to take control of your online presence and use it as a, as a tool for good and um, promotion, regardless of, of what you're doing in your life, so that you have something positive there so it's, so it's not a neutral. And then in the event that you get a negative, it's know doesn't take you to a net net negative reputation mm. um that you still have have good stuff to inoculate yourself from an attack and you know it looks like just one odd thing or one thing it minimizes the harm of if you do ever have anything negative published so yeah actually um, i had an experience are... recently with a couple maybe about a year ago now a gym owner i was i'm an avid crossfitter and i've trained at probably a dozen or more different crossfit gyms i trained at one and the owner i out of, I say this with love, he seriously needs to see somebody. I think he's got a s- severe case of PTSD, and it seems like he mm. every three months he blows up on a member and just accuses them of the craziest thing, and they're out to get him, and they're plotting against him, and all this sort of stuff. And I noticed when I was looking through, because I'm an online marketer, I was looking through his records, in the early days of his school, he actually got some negative reviews right away. There was some drama and stuff online. And now he has a thing where he gets reviews from people right away, right after they join. And it's like he's trying to bear, mm-hmm. like build like that. Like he's trying to build up so many positive reviews. If and when that happens, you know, it's just a drop in the bucket, you know. And so, uh, anyway, it's just what you're saying. Like, yeah. And it's, it's also kind of the concept of digging your well before you're thirsty. Like, you know, and it's it's unfortunately it is a bit of a popularity contest and so it's about being kind of public a bit and maybe even a little narcissistic correct me if i'm wrong but by putting your best you know your best foot forward so to speak you know so it's out there that way if someone says you know there's spit on your shoe you can say well at least the rest of it is polished you know type thing and and then take action now you you mentioned a few things you said you know they don't know how to deal with it when it happens they don't realize the impact they should be more proactive and they need to recognize that they they can't disappear from the internet so i actually want to dive into each of those deeply but uh, before we do that can you recommend any way to self-diagnose like how do i know if i've got like maybe i don't even know 
I've got an issue. How, how do I find out? Do I do I just type my name and then see what shows up? Do I type my name and scam? Is there, you know, is there where where do I look to see how? Because it's like cockroaches, I imagine. When there's one, there's probably a bunch. You know, like how do you? Yeah, it's it'll find you. I mean, these things. It, generally, you'll Google yourself and you'll find it, or you'll just you'll you'll know. You'll wonder. Like you'll you'll just have a gut feel about it, and you'll you'll Google and you'll be like, ah, that's why so and so said something, or or something happened, or generally in the course, someone you know, a customer, a patient, a family member, they'll bring it up. Usually, it will happen. It, it'll it'll generally find you. Mm. Um, yeah, you'll find out about it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> these okay. things. That's the thing. It's the end. You can't hide from these things, right? They. They they don't stay online anymore, and that's that's what I was saying either earlier. They it's not a situation where you don't even know about it. I think though you do have to do some monitoring on a regular basis just to make sure because you know sometimes you you don't find something right away instantly. It might take you like a month right or or two before it comes to your attention. But generally these things because they do affect you in the real world, they will find you. You'll become you'll become aware of it one way or the other. Mm. It will happen. Okay, so. so then how do we deal with it when it happens? Well, I think that if you're dealing with it as a business owner, and let's say, for example, because it could be anything, right? It could be, oh, you got an arrest for something silly or stupid back in the day, right, 10 years ago, or it could be something negative in that, you know, it's an embarrassing photograph or who knows, right? Um, or it could be something from your business owner and, and you've got a, a customer who's irate and they've gone on and they've posted something negative. It's just having, it's knowing how to respond also to the situation. So it depends. That's the other point where I'd put that most people don't know how to respond to these things. You can't treat every negative that you get like it's the end of the world. You got to take some of it with a grain of salt. People are going to get negative reviews sometimes, right? No matter what, they're just crazies in the world. But at the same time, you know, you can be the best professional always. You, you can do everything right. You can be the perfect service provider. You can give 100% money back guarantee, and you'll still have a crazy mm. who will blast you just because they're crazy. It's not right. your fault, right? right. Well, um, one statistically, so, one out of every 100 people is typically an asshole. So, you know, just statistically right. speaking. Yeah. So it's, yeah, there's just, it's just yeah. you're just not, you're not right. really out in the public if you don't come across anyone that's not, you know, coming at, yeah. I guess. Right, but under... Yeah, understanding is all about customer service. It's all about recognizing when these fires are happening and stopping them before they do, getting in front of things. Because once they go up, sometimes there's no way to remedy it once it, once it happens. I mean, look, that's what we do. We're the, we're the uh, firemen who come in and we, we deal with the, the crisis once it occurs. But just being the uber prof- professional at the, end of, at the end of the day. And are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, sorry. I got a little note. My uh, let me switch over. Yeah, just being the um, the the uber professional, doing everything right, and and generally you're gonna have everything's gonna wind up going right in in the vast majority, ninety nine out of hundred cases, right? You're gonna get those those things nipped in the bud before they uh, before they cause a problem for you. And responding and whether to respond or not is the big question that a lot of people run into. You know, who do you contact, who you reach out to, identifying what the problem is and the best way to go about resolving it. If it's kind of just an ordinary situation, 
it's not the end of the world. Maybe it's appropriate to put a response up saying, you know, explaining the situation. But, you know, if it's a serious issue, if there's a lot of potential to be very harmful long term to your business and hurt you or your reputation, you got to do something about it right away. And you got to get in touch with a professional. You need to preserve the evidence. You don't want to respond to it directly. One of the biggest errors that I see is, look, if you're, if you're selling a million products to a million people, you're going to get bad reviews. It's just a fact. You got to respond. But if you're someone who only gets a very low amount of reviews or, you know, you're not a high volume business, one review can be very meaningful and impactful. And if it's something crazy, you know, maybe you should take care of it. And that doesn't always mean responding to it. It can mean because that can sometimes just make it worse. It can poke the bear. Right. Um, it's like bullying. It can, if you if yeah. engage, it triggers them. Right. And the other thing is when other people see it, it becomes monkey see, monkey do. Mm. Um, when they see you respond in that forum, they think that's the forum to go to. Right. And it's knowing, you know, do you take that up with the website? Do you take that up with the customer? Do you go to a lawyer? So figuring out the best course when the, and, and identifying the best course, whether it's a PR response or whether it's a legal response, it's not something that's easy to do and that people are knowledgeable about is at there, the end of the day. I, at what point is it worth reaching out to for professional help? I, I'll give you an example because something that is unfortunate, but it's a fact really, is people typically don't change when they're comfortable. So in the sales process, you have to be comfortable making people uncomfortable often, right? Not always, but, you know, sometimes you have to talk about the problem people have in their life and maybe they don't want to address it. And even in your marketing, yeah. you know, like, you, like, for example, take dental care. You can show pictures of nice shiny teeth and that might get their attention. But when it comes down to actually closing the deal for them to pay for 10 grand dental or, you know, whatever treatment... You have to talk about like, you know, are you tired of feeling embarrassed and chiding your teeth? You know, when you talk to people, are you tired of feeling anxious with a pretty girl? You know, and if you do that on a public forum or in a Facebook group or something, people might not respond well to that, right? And I'm trying to figure yeah. out when does it, like I had anything and we did a test. We did, I did a, I did a joint event with a friend of mine. We put on a workshop in a city here in Vietnam in Hanoi and we filled a room with about... 12, 15 people who paid, you know, 50 bucks, and we didn't even know if there was interest in this, about talking about how to go from being, you know, stuck in a classroom to doing this online, teaching English online, or uh, starting an online business. And we were surprised mm -hmm. by the response, and we thought we would try it again. And we did the post here in, in uh, where I am now in Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, and people were really offended by the ads. And some of it was just telling the stories of people that were came to our event. We we talked to them why and they're like, Oh well I had these dreams and you know and, and then one day I just woke up and I was stuck in this rut and I was in this kind of trap and I just didn't know how to escape and the kids were there, they didn't even really want to be there. And we would talk about that. People were like really mad. And when you said that monkey see monkey do, there was one Facebook group, because that's how we started trying to market it. You know, a bunch of people were like really hating. And that's where I was trying to figure out, like, for me, it wasn't a big deal. It was like, whatever. This was just a test thing anyways, a side thing. But at what point, I guess, because you even said some people don't realize the impact. You know, like, at what point, because you can't be afraid of any bad, like you said, you're going to get bad stuff no matter what, right? And you're going to, anybody that's doing marketing actively, 
they're going to test a bunch of different things, and some things are going to be well-received, some things aren't. It's not a big deal. What point yeah. do you feel like you need to, it's, you know, when does someone know they need professional help? I mean, is it just how they feel? Is there, is there some way so people can gauge, like, I, this is the time to pick up the phone? Like, if someone's listening to this right now, how do they know that now is the time they need to call you? Got it. So, you know, I think it's, that's a pretty individual question at the end of the day. And from a, from a marketing standpoint, what I always find is that there are certain triggers for mm. my clients. And different clients have different triggers. And the people who hire us and pay, pay us a lot of money to solve their and fix their problems and, and be that online fixer lots of times and, and get to the bottom of things, there's a motivating factor. And, you know, for example, a big one for people, for example, that have negative news articles out there about them, a big one is kids, right? They don't want their kids to Google them when they get older and find it and have questions about mm. what, what mom and dad did in their twenties and thirties and why they got arrested or whatever. Right. And that's a big one. And what can set that off or, you know, as soon as that stuff starts affecting their family, right? Like they'll be at their kid's softball game and, and something online, you know, affects a family member or some kid brings it up to another kid and they find it embarrassing that's a big trigger for people that makes people jump for business owners. I think most are, are well reasoned and that they realize that, you know, you're going to get some, some, not everything's always going to go perfect or whatever. Right. Not every review requires a legal response, but certainly where there, you know, what I find, uh, you know, when you have an anonymous review where you don't know why, when it's a problem mm. that you don't have the solution to, and you know it's harming you, and you can't figure out like who is doing that. Is it a competitor? Is that is it that customer? Is it is it that ex employee? I don't know. Well, you know what? You should figure it out because they could just keep doing it, and they could be messing with you in ways that you don't even know about uh -huh, and harming uh -huh, your business. Uh -huh. So you know, like any good salesman, and I've certainly learned a lot about sales over the years. You need to find that pain, and you really need to talk to people about what their pains are what their triggers are and let them tell you what the issue is. Not, not necessarily make them feel uncomfortable, but you know, it's also just, you know, what your marketing approach is sometimes, you know, the, the fear factor can be strong. You know, some, that's just a marketing question. And lawyers also can't prospect either. Ethically, mm -hmm. we're not allowed to just solicit random people mm. uh, for business. So, so that, that's something I've never had to do on a sales side and, and can't do, but yeah, it's, it, that, that's, that's kind of what I would say. And what I've, what, you know, my product sells itself, either they have, you know, we've got the solution, they've got the problem and either, either they're, they're motivated to want to fix it and, and pay for it or they're not at the end of the day. Uh -huh, uh -huh, um, Cause we're the, you know, we're the best option in town. That's the way I look at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause your approach so, is unique. Can you talk about that? Like, how is it that what you do, like, how is your process unique? How can you find an anonymous user? You know, like how, I mean, you can, I guess you talked a little bit about a ripoff report, like you were the only one able to. Can you dive in a little bit more about into your, your you know, without maybe revealing too much if you don't want competitors to hear, but. Oh, no, 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 we can. Yeah, we're, so I'll, I'll go into, yeah, we're, you know, our value, our value proposition is really just, just excellent service, you know, 
excellent service and getting, you know, you're hiring the best. It's all about pampering the client, making sure they're well-informed, transparency, trust, communication, being incredibly responsible, being the best professionals that we can. Our system, there's nothing, there's nothing proprietary about it other than we've got, you know, the other, the other value aspect is, is our expertise because we do things every single day, you know, we know how to take things on. We know what works, what doesn't work. We've built relationships up. Like there are websites out there who we remove multiple posts from the website every single week, right? Maybe five, 10, 20 posts a month in some cases. Right. Websites like dirty.com. She's a home wrecker. There's a whole like, you know, they're, they're like uh, these cheater websites or shaming websites. I like to call them. And they're like cockroaches. But, you know, if you've, you know, if you've approached one, you've approached them all, or mm-hmm. you just, you build up a really good relationship with these companies and then you can get deals. And as far as, you know, the investigation side of things, that's just something that you learn when you, when you do it enough times, you learn about the technical aspects of IP addresses, how to subpoena companies and internet providers, learning how to track people down. That's probably the, the my favorite part of my job is, you get a situation where someone's just being maliciously attacked online and you got to, you go hunting and figure out who's doing it. You know, you go out, you start subpoenaing email accounts and user accounts and websites. And then, you know, lots of cases, the client has a very firm idea of who, who they think is doing this, right. Who's behind it. They've got a name, they got a suspicion. They're like, it's gotta be this person. And what's crazy is that most of the time I, I, I want to agree with them and I want to say, yeah, you're right. And, I mean, it usually is pretty, pretty firm, but over half the time, it winds up being someone completely unexpected. Wow. <laughs> At left field. It's like, in the, you know, and sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Mm. Um, you know, but it's always a, you know, half the time, it's, it's a total surprise and unexpected. So it's a lot of fun when you get the reveal and then you, you see the client's reaction, see what they want to do about it now that they know. And yeah. 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 No, I get it. That's awesome. That's so I, I get it. And that's that, like you said, that's, that's an interesting can of worms because people think about that. What if it is the person that you think it is? And then what if it isn't the person you think it is? And then yeah. what, what does that mean? Right? Like that's cause there's lots of people that'll smile to your face, you know, and then go and be an internet troll behind your back. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. And some of the really, I mean, one of the craziest cases I was involved in, for example, was a girl uh, who was just getting just she was uh, like basically like valedictorian went to an Ivy League school a genius math wizard total total dork pretty pretty girl and she was just getting defamed online people were posting fake nude images of her they were putting her head on pornography and then publishing it mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. starting rumors on the on these dark websites and these anonymous message boards about her, uh, getting like gang raped and, um, all this crazy stuff. And we started investigating it. The person did an amazing job covering their tracks and it took months, but at the end of it, we wound up finally getting just through a reverse image search of all things. I was reverse image searching these things. I found this, this really, uh, weird, a message board where people request people to ejaculate on naked images and they also have them 
create naked images upon request for, for them. Like they'll put it to the masses and then the masses will respond type of thing. It's weird. But it, it, we got an IP address <laughs> from there. It's good because the guy, it was before he started his activity and he was, he was doing this thing. So he thought he was in a safe space. Her name wasn't mentioned. So it couldn't be reverse searched and found. I found it by the image. And when we uncover it, the guy who it wound up being was like her best friend. Um, wow. One of her best and I remember when we were getting closer to it and we we finally gotten an IP address that was good. I'd found these weird messages where like they were between him and this, this guy, Andrew, I'll just call him. And it was like, I, brought, I was like, God, this is weird that those conversations were posted and his name is blacked out in the conversations because her computer had been hacked a few times and her private messages had been posted. And it was like, uh, and, and like, you know, her immediate response was like, oh no, like, it's not Andrew. Like, it's definitely not Andrew. Like, Andrew can't be behind this. And it wound up being him. And <laughs> it was, I mean, it was like, crazy right it well, was shattering um, for it her. Was her yeah 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 it was nuts and you know we've had this numerous times um i've been convinced my client's right and it's this person because of the evidence and it's like oh it's this other person like jesus you know yeah. um figure it out yeah God, so crazy guys can be so creepy like i, I don't know if that's <laughs> ever been me but guys can do the weirdest, creepiest thing. Just go talk to the girl. Just go talk to the girl. Or go find another one. There's billions of them yeah. on this planet. But guys, I've been in so many different countries and dealt with so many different languages. And across the board, it's, I mean, it's, I worked with self, women's self-defense. I worked, I did women's self-defense when I was in my hometown at one point. I was working with police. I was really shocked to find that something like 90% of police reports have men involved and less than 10% name a woman. You know, and I was just like, that's... Yeah. That's really defining of our of our species. Like, women live among sharks. That's really it. And, like, I hope this shark doesn't eat me today. Like, that's kind of, like, the world that they live in. I remember reading some book called The Gift of Fear, and it was talking about how most men, maybe once a year, they feel, like, that adrenaline rush, like they're about to be in a physical confrontation. But for women, it can be multiple times a week, you know, because they're walking. Yeah. Like, it's just so... Yeah. That's so crazy. Well, we're, you know, it's not an excuse, but we're... And it's certainly, you know, it's definitely not an excuse, but you know, we've got, we're, we're programmed to be hunters. Right. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, unfortunately that's why, you know, we'll always have, you know, me too issues in society to some extent. Right. Yep, it's just, yep. you know, the same way that we'll always have terrorism. There, there are certain things that, you know, just because of the way people are programmed, you're always going to have bad elements in, in society who do the wrong things and in, in the wrong ways regarding certain things. I can tell you though, on the other side, you know, which is unique to my job. I deal with a lot of people who lodge, uh, you know, I've dealt with a lot of accusations against men, false accusations against men of, you know, rape, sexual assault, sexual harassment. Mm. And it, it certainly is, you know, when you talk about the two, the two issues, right? Uh, obviously the, the, the me too issues are, it's no comparison, right? Mm. There's uh, it's, it's a, much bigger problem yep. but and i kind of think of myself as look it, even if it's even if it's one percent i see more of the one percent than any any society you know anyone else because of what i specialize in right but it it sucks because it gives all the people who do suffer from from uh, legitimate 
real issues and real problems. It undermines the veracity of the real victims. But I deal with, I've dealt with several, and, and I, and it's not a situation where it's like, you know, oh, there's two sides of the story. No, there's hard evidence. They're just lying, and, and it's just completely made up. Mm. And they're literally trying to send someone to jail and ruin their life just because they don't like them. Wow. Or um, because it's part of a blackmail scheme. Or, you know, I had one female client who she lied to me about being raped and I believed her and I felt and I, I took it hook, line, sinker. And when I figured out and learned that, that it wasn't because the other side's lawyer disclosed some information to me, you know, it, that was that 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 leveled me um, because I completely just ran with it. I believed her story. She was crying yeah. on the phone to me. And then uh and then it wound up being, you know, and then she later was like, yeah, I made it up because I was just too embarrassed to tell my dad. Wow. Right. And I'm like, yeah, like, I was just floored. Right. So, you know, I see a lot of the, the extremes that you think you would hope you pray. You could never imagine might happen with people who would just make things up or who would do things to stick the police on people, stick organizations, government organizations on people to use, you know, our better resources in society to tear down someone's life anonymously yeah um, that's, it's, that's it's scary yeah i guess there's there's, yeah. there's there's i guess we're both i mean the capacity for evil if that's what you want to call it are are in both genders so it's not like one's women that's like chris rock has this great stand-up bit and he's like like was it men's lying is like i was at my buddy aaron's place on friday night you know when you were with some other girl women's lying is like it's yours you know, like there's different weights. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah. Again, I don't want to. I don't want any hate messages. I think there's just the capacity for evil is equal. We'll just say that in both genders. Yeah. It's just okay. different it formats. <laughs> you know. You don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to diminish one side's harm. I'm just saying it's it's definitely there on both sides though, and I, I've gotten to see uh, a minority harm that is being way overcome by you know a huge under underappreciated harm and, and the me too stuff that's gone on for a while mm, mm, mm. So, yeah i think that's um, true i think that there's got to be yeah. Some, well, yeah that's that's i guess a call for a, a topic for another call where do you see the yeah, future of this call, yeah. where do you see the future of this stuff going where are we going to be in five ten years i mean we're kind of getting the first generation now that have had their whole lives online i mean i remember you know i was in the early days of black and white computers when i was a kid but where do you think this is going to be in five ten years how is this going to change and evolve where do you see this going I mean, it's only just growing, and, and the problems that are created are getting are getting worse. Mm. Um, but at the same time, everyone loves the internet, so I don't see anything changing because we we love the internet for all the good it does, more so than you know the exceptions and the harm that it creates. Right. We're we're willing to accept that right now as a society. Right. So, um, but you're going to see, you know, and, and people are only going to get you know, more savvy at destroying and, and manipulating and attacking people. I mean, you look at, uh, it's, it's going geopolitical now, you know, it's, it's countries attacking countries with lies. It's, it's mirror campaigns. It's, uh, messing with people on social media is now, is now an army weapon. Yep. You know, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about it like that. And now technology is getting to the point where it's, it's downright getting scared. Mm. You can, there are these things called uh, deep fakes, 
they've been in the news lately. I've done a couple of appearances on some shows about it where you can literally just create a, uh, you know, you can take someone who has a lot of video footage out there and you can literally just set up a video camera filming yourself and, and it'll make it look like that person from a prior piece of footage right. and you can make it say whatever you want. You wow. just, you can, you know, you can make a video of Donald Trump just saying whatever yep. or some other celebrity. You can just make them say or do, or you put your, put their face or image on, on pornography. And it looks, it looks a hundred percent real. People's images are just being stolen and they're, they're turned into, you know, to sex, sex tapes, you know? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And it probably won't be as good for their career as it was for Paris and and the Kardashians. (laughs) Yeah. The the law is, you know, the law is really still catching up on these things. Like it's, it's, there's no go to like, Oh yeah, you just, we have a law for that. No, like you have to be really creative in how you can attack those things and figure out solutions. But as a society, we just, we definitely have not, we're not, we're not prepared whatsoever to deal with, with those types of, evils and issues yeah right right unfortunately I think, I think that's where it really pays to have an expert someone that's as well versed as you in it and that's why i thank you so much for coming on the call today for anyone that's been listening to this and feels they either want to learn more or they've got a problem what are the best ways to get into in touch and what should they prepare when they contact you absolutely so easily you can find us online minklaw.com uh you can get up our phone 216 373-7706. Um, all this information is online, Google Minklaw, Earn Mink. Um, you can send us an email, info at Minklaw, any of those work. There's a form on our website, yeah. And it's Mink, M-I-N-C. Yeah. M-I-N-C. Correct, M-I-N-C. And what I would tell you is that, I mean, generally people don't contact us until they have a problem. It's or there's something out there that's negative that's been around there for a while that they want to get, you know, they get triggered on it and they want to, you know, something's come up, it's been affecting them for too long, they're looking for a new employment position, or maybe it's just this new thing that pops up. It's usually when we get involved, we're the fixers, we come in, we, we've, we've got the solutions. Um, they can reach out to us. We'll obviously need, you know, basic contact information to get back in touch and then also, uh, a link to the content so we can assess it. If if it makes sense, um, we'll, we'll usually give people some initial information. Um, if it makes sense, we'll set up a consult, usually with a, with an attorney for free. Uh, and then, you know, we can go over more detailed, you know, what the solution is likely going to be, what the cost would be, what your options are. And um, generally, you can, you can sign up and go from there and find out more from there. That's awesome. So, yeah. Aaron... Thank you so much for your time. I do want to be respectful of it, but I, I think this is a fantastic call. This is really a pertinent issue, and it's one of those things that people don't, might not realize how important it is until they're affected by it, and it's something that may have already affected some people in their lives. They may not have really realized it until they heard this call, and I think that it's just like you said. It's something that's just going to become more prevalent as technology advances. So. Thank you for coming and sharing some of your stories and some tips and advice today. Again, for those listening, if you have any questions, go to A-A-R-O-N-M-I-N-C.com. Contact Aaron. And oh, no, no, Mink. Oh, sorry. Mink, Mink Law. Mink Law. You're M-I-N-C-Law. right. I'm so sorry. Aaron Mink. M-I-N-C-L-A-W.com. I'm so sorry. I actually have the tab open on my computer already while I'm sitting here. Silly me. But M-I-N-C-L-A-W. M-I-N-C-L-A-W.com. Go check it out. 
contact Aaron. He's clearly the leading expert in his field. Um, thank you. Just thank you so much for coming and sharing this. I'd love to have you back in like a year or so and find out what's happening and what's new because I think there's going to be a lot of big changes in the next few years with this stuff. And I think it's going to become a more like it's going to become a more painful issue as kids grow up with technology. I think this is something that's going to become more and more and more prevalent. Um, so thank you. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.